right? All right, that's better. <laughs> uh, thank you for Chaplain Tim's allowing me to be here this, uh, this evening. It's good to see everybody here who's taking time out of their day to be here and to hear God's word. Just to tell a little bit about myself, um, I'll, that way you guys give me a little bit of break. I'm not all army, all right? Uh, I was in the Air Force, enlisted for eight years. I was a jet engine mechanic. I worked in the C-5s. Uh, C-130, C-141s, which went out of commission now, and the old, old C-130s. So those things were a pain in the butt. They were just a pain. They, they drip oil every time. I think they drip a gallon of oil just sitting on the flight line. So just so you can give me a break a little bit, right? Um, and also, um, I have six children. They're all out of the house. So I'm suffering the empty nest syndrome, right? Just me and the wife are just kind of vacationing, taking, taking it easy. Um, but I have the two youngest, is, uh, they're in their 20s. Let me show you how old I am. But my daughter was 18, and she came <coughs> to me and my wife, and she says, Pops, I'm ready to move out. I said, okay, sounds good. And it was always, we drilled into our children, you know, after they're 13, 14, he says, you got, you got three options. You can get a job. You can go to college, you can join the military. You got you, whatever you want to do, it's out there. So we just instill that in their, in their minds that they're going to do something when they turn 18. And when she turned 18, she says, I'm ready to go. I said, fine. And we made plans and arrangements where she was going to go. Uh, but, you know, every teenager has their learning experiences, right? And um, one day she was on her own and she called me. She says, Pop, I'm, I'm on the highway, and I got in an accident. I said, are you okay? She says, I'm doing fine. I said, well, what happened? She said, well, I was on the fast lane. She's taking after her mother. She drives real fast. And uh, the car stopped, and I couldn't stop in time, and I rear-ended the car. And I said, wow. I said, I said you're fine? She said, yes. I said, well, how about the car? She says, Dad, I don't think the car's going to make it. It's totaled. I said, wow, that's, I'm glad we got the, the full cover insurance. You'll get your car replaced and get some money. We'll, you know, we'll get you uh, started again. And she says, well, I got some bad news. I said, what is that? She says, I just canceled my insurance. I said, you did what? <laughs> she said, I canceled my insurance. And I said, oh, no. I said, that means you're not getting any money. <laughs> she says, nope. I said, well. I got an old beat-up burner here you can have. I said, that's all I got, and that's all you're going to get. Uh, so it's a real tough lesson that she had to, uh, to, to learn. But in, in saying that, she couldn't go back after the accident and, and call the insurance and says, you know what, I want full coverage again, and I want to cover my car. It was too late. It was too late. And sometimes we make decisions, and those decisions bring what consequences right and, and you can't turn around and say you know what i changed my mind i want to do something different because i don't like the consequences and we're stuck with it and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad and sometimes they're really really bad and in matthew chapter 19 verses 16 through 22 we come to the young rich ruler and in the gospel of mark this young man came running to jesus and he knelt before him. He 
because he had something urgent to ask him. But by any humanistic standard, this was a young man, a good young man, but now 2,000 years later, we don't even know who he is. We don't know his name. However, he had, if he had accepted the invitation of the Lord and of Jesus and followed him, the likelihood is that many of us, many of the parents would be naming after that, that young rich ruler, but we don't even know who his name is. His rejection of the Lord, and the Lord's call was sad for the young man himself and very likely for the early church as well. So I want to take a look at this, this tragedy, this young, man's, this young man's life. As we read in verse 16, Matthew 19, verse 16, it says, Now behold, this one man, this one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So here he's seeking something. And I want you to know the pronoun I says, what good thing should I do that I may have eternal life? So he's looking at himself. And he was very perspective, right? And he was sincere. Because he went to Jesus with the inquiry. He obviously was a religious man and sought to follow the scriptures. By all means, he could have went to his own rabbi and asked the same question. But here he saw Jesus Christ from a distance. And somehow it appealed to him that I need to go ask this question to this man. And he asked him, what, am I, what must I do to have eternal life? So he's looking at myself. What do I got to, what's what, one good thing that I got to do? He's looking at himself. I got to do something. Okay. And he was humble and he was reverent. In verse 17 it says, So he said to him, Why do you call me good? Jesus says, Why do you call me good? Well, I'm not good. He says, No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. So here he is, he's referring to Jesus as a good teacher, to which Jesus responded, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. But you notice, the young man did not retract his salutation. He didn't argue with Christ. He didn't beggar the difference with him. He recognized Jesus as the Son of God. That's who he was. And in verse 18, he says, which one? Which commandments do I need to keep? Jesus said, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your mother and your father, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So here is a man that possessed what? Outstanding moral character. Jesus only named only six commandments that related to the man's relationship to, to man. And when he answered, all these things I have kept from my youth, Jesus did not dispute his statement. Because if you follow on, he says, in verse 20, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? He says, I've done all these things. 
I obeyed my mom and, and my dad. I didn't steal. I didn't, I didn't murder anybody. And here he is pleading with God. He says, what good thing, right? And what was he looking at? He was looking at his own righteousness <laughs> instead of God's righteousness. And sometimes what we do, we think that we have to do one more thing to, to please God. If I do that one thing, I'll be okay. We'll be in a good buddy system. And if I die, I'm going to go to heaven and I'll be, I'll be okay. But that's not the way it is. And in verse 20, it says, the young man said to him, all these things I've kept, but what do I still lack? What do I still lack? This young man was not satisfied with his spiritual life. Don't we go around sometimes like that? We walk around and we're not satisfied with our spiritual life and we still lack something. And we ask God and we plead with God and we beg God, what am I missing? I still have that, that lacking of something. And that's the way this rich man was. He possessed all the characters. We go to church. We may tithe and support the, the, the ministry, but we're still lacking something. And that's the way he felt. He knew something was missing, and he didn't know what it was. Isn't that sad? And sometimes we walk around like that. We walk around, and we know something's missing, and we don't know what it is. He knew that religion, education, wealth could not fill that void in his life. He couldn't fill it. Even though he was faithful to the rabbi, faithful to the synagogue, he still had that void. Oh, consider how close this young man was to eternal life. He was close. He came to the right person. He asked the right question. But he missed it. And it reminds me of the Apostle Paul in Acts 26 and 28. He's standing in front of the, the court. And yet there's key military men and officers. The Roman government was there. And Paul's giving his testimony. And he's telling about the Damascus Road. And he says, in midday there was a light that came. We got down on our knees and we heard this voice. And King Agrippa says, there's something wrong with you. You're going mad, right? And we look at Acts, Acts 26. He says, now he's thus, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. He says, you're crazy. How could this happen to you? It's impossible. But the key verse is in verse 28. He says, Then Agrippa, King Agrippa, said to Paul, You almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Almost. Just a little bit more, he said, I would have became a Christian. But he missed it. He missed it. And same thing with his young rich ruler. He almost had it. He just missed it. Thirdly, the one commandment he did not keep. You shall have no other gods before me. 
And what was his God? His worldly possessions. So the question I have for this, this evening is, what is your God? What is keeping you from seeking God? What is keeping you from serving him? What is your God? With a little G. What is it? The God he put ahead of the Lord was worldly possession and riches. At another time and another occasion, Jesus asked, For what will it profit a man if he gained the whole world, right, and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark 8, 36 and 37. You cannot have, what? You cannot love and serve two masters. For other, it might be the God of worldly pleasures. John reminded us this facet of sin allurement. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2.15 Lastly, the tragic decision the young man made. He made a decision, didn't he? Consider what he, re what he could have retained. What could he retain? His riches, which he could have enjoyed as long as he lived. So it wasn't his riches that kept him from heaven. It was what he served. It was the riches that kept him uh, and he kept him as a, as a God. His sense of lacking something in his life. He lacks something. He's never going to have that void filled. The unhappiness that originally prompted him to go to Jesus. He went to Christ for a reason, right? He had that void. He, he was missing something. He lacked something. And he went to the right place. He went to the right at the right time and asked the right questions. But he went away. Isn't it strange how people can, can think they can outsmart God? They say, well, if I do this one thing, I'll be cool with him, you know. If I do this, then I'm okay. And that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Consider what he forfeit, eternal life. That's what prompted him to go to Jesus Christ in, in verse 16, right? What can I do to have eternal life? In John 14, 6, like, what does it say? <laughs> I forgot to start, so I'll start again. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto me except what? By the Father, right? There's only one way through Jesus Christ. A life fulfillment, purpose, and meaning in Jesus. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 10 10. Thirdly, the opportunity to become one of Jesus' disciples. Jesus extends the same call to this young man as he has given his disciples. He says, Come and follow me. 
And he extends that what? That call to you and to me today. Hasn't changed. He extends that same call to us. The question is, what will you do with it? What will you do with it? Will you reject it? Or will you accept it? That's the two questions you have to ask yourself. In conclusion, today our Lord issues two calls. One to the unbeliever and one to the believer. To the unbeliever, he says, Turn to me and be saved to all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there's no other. And again, he says, Come to me, all you labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. To the believer, he says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's it. As we read verse 22, but when the young man heard the saying, he went away, what? Sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Unless the rich ruler eventually turned to Christ, he died without salvation, and he's one of the richest men in the cemetery. Let us all stand. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, my question for you this, this evening is, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? Don't be like the, the young rich ruler. Because this, is, this might be your last time. I don't know. God, God has plans for you. God brought you here this evening for a reason. And my question for you, if you were to die today, do you know 100% sure that you would go to heaven? That's the question. That's what the young rich ruler asks. I want eternal life. Do you know? I know. If I were to die and I'd just fall right here, I'd go to heaven right away. The question is, do you know? You say, Chappie, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I have some doubts. I have some questions. And if you feel that way, you say, Chappie, I want you to just pray for me. I want you to raise your hand where you're at. And I just want to pray for you to say, just pray for me, Chaplain, because I don't know that, that answer. I don't know, and I would like to know. Is there anybody like that tonight? Amen. I see one hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Now to the Christians. What's keeping you from serving God full time? What is that one thing that you're holding on to to become a servant of Christ and say, you know what? I'm going to follow you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to put everything to the side and I'm just going to follow Jesus Christ. Wherever he asked me to go, that's it. Are you there, Christian? Are you there? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Let us pray. Dear Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord. I just thank you for your message to the young rich ruler. And I just pray for every individual here this, this evening. And I just pray you would speak to hearts, speak to minds. 
And Lord, if there's anybody here uh, this evening that needs Christ, I pray they would come forward. And just let, them, let us show them in Scripture how they become a child of God. And then those who are Christians here, Lord, I just pray that they may look at themselves and examine themselves and say, you know what? I need to get rid of this one thing that's holding me back to be fully with God so that I can follow Him wherever He goes. I ask you now in these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.